This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Tom Gibbis, the voice of Shikamaru Nara from Naruto, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. And it's not a drag. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter where y'all from. And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beat the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. gentlemen welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live the prime show i am your host xavier josiah we are back with another fun show for you today with our talk topic being the latest new anime from netflix called record of ragnarok uh if you read the manga before you know what this is i am a big fan of combat sport anime and you know anime like baki and uh you know dragon ball or something something that involves a tournament and you know have people in competition a street fighter like competition this is one of them but it's taken this is like the most out-of-pocket one of i've seen in a long time so we're definitely going to talk about that more on that in our talk topic this week we also have some news going on in the world of our favorite fandoms but before i do that i want to give a big happy father's day to all the fathers out there i am recording this on father's day so this is being published today on father's day so shout out to all you all the good fathers out there all the fathers that are doing their thing out there more power to you if you're a part of my acmg facebook group if you're on tumblr shout out to the tumblr crew out there if you're on my instagram page at Xavier underscore josiah you'll see i put up a really fun meme that i put together uh in honor of father's day with some of the most unlikely fathers <laughs> that you could possibly uh have on there but it you know all on a uh, good of fun there so you know go out of your way check it out and uh also definitely important to mention this because i unfortunately didn't record this episode yesterday but happy belated juneteenth we are officially set up uh celebrating this holiday which is now a federal holiday which means i believe people are going to be able to uh, celebrate it officially and actually stay home i think you will get a day off on that day on that day i believe um it will be treated as such much like the other uh holidays like the fourth of july or like i now like to call it the fourth of that lie or the fourth of your lie <laughs> because this you know juneteenth is the original original is it's it's the true independence day um i if if it was up to me I would if, if people really still want to keep 4th of July and celebrate that I would say let's just change it to Patriots Day or something like that where it is something or United Day where everybody is was is able to celebrate it because otherwise we'll be celebrating sort of kind of an un a, a told tr untruth um to that extent if you know people do your history go online learn more about uh Juneteenth why it is actually the true and real independence day 
uh, there's a lot of things to it, but there's a lot of celebratory things as well that we hopefully will start doing as the time goes by, like the fireworks, the barbecues, red velvet cake, all that stuff. Like there's ways to celebrate Juneteenth and celebrate the true day that my people were actually free. So, you know, go out of your way to check it out, but happy Juneteenth to everybody out there, especially my people out there. Um, this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning of hopefully more to come to show more justice and equality out there. So, um, you know, it, it's just, it, it is what it is. And I'm glad that it's now being put out there. So we, like I said, we got a lot of news to talk about and I don't want to waste any more time. So let's do this. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. So there's going to be some DC talk here and I wasn't going to talk about this. I was going to go straight to the Titan season three trailer, but I don't think I'll put my two cents in this. Um, this whole situation with DC uh, and Warner Brothers, more like DC, say uh, in this Harley Quinn situation where Batman is supposed to be going down on Catwoman, yada, yada. If you don't know, but I'm pretty sure a lot of you listeners do. There, you know, Harley Quinn, which comes on HBO Max, it was on DC Universe uh, before everything was migrated over. And Harley Quinn is in a dealt animated show. And if you watched the first two seasons, you know full well that this show is not for kids in any fashion. No, like there's no kids, any kids that should be looking at this. And adults who watch it are also comic book fans. Okay, there is no doubt about it. It is catered to the comic book fans out there, the adult comic book fans who were kids watching this and now they're adults. That's what this is for. So there are a lot of interesting scenes and situations in this show, you know, that is totally adult. The, the content is adult. The, the nature of it is adult, uh, but they are always, there's some superhero elements as well but it's basically Harley Quinn being Harley Quinn in the most rated R way possible, along with Poison Ivy and, you know, a whole rogue gallery full of people. It's one of the funniest DC animated shows. It's actually one of the funniest animated shows, primetime like animated shows out there. Uh, and, and HBO Max now has it. So season three is coming up. If you guys remember, Harley and, and Poison Ivy are now an item, their thing, which, it, and I love, the, the whole season two was so awesome and it just led this whole entire journey of poison ivy uh revealing her feelings or wondering where her feelings were at between her ex kite man and um and 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 harley and harley was trying to you know fight that out either and it ended up that those two end up getting together at the end beautifully told i love the writing of this of this show but let me get to the point here Season three, which probably is going to be the craziest ever, was supposed to have a scene that was now cut out of Batman going down on Catwoman. And if you're an adult, you know exactly what this is. Um, it is what it is. This is a adult situated comedy on HBO Max. So like it's okay to see that on insecure but you can't see that on on an animated shit and, and there's their reason for this is that this was the this had to be the dumbest the dumbest thing quote i've ever heard superheroes don't do that what a, what <laughs> have you met tony stark people <laughs> okay <laughs> I can't go deep into what I think about that in a sense because it I might just go off the deep end. But the absurdity of that entire saying is just absolutely the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I, I don't understand it. And the other reason why was basically it, it just sounds like a very conservative thing to say. And it's unreal. It's, it's very unrealistic, extremely unrealistic. Um, the other thing is that it'll mess up toy sales. Okay. Kids 
aren't supposed to be watching this series. Kids won't be looking at these things and thinking of that because they shouldn't be watching that show. That show is absolutely an adult show and they make sure to, make, to tell you that. They make sure that it's so rated R that you gotta make sure your kids are in bed. And if you are letting your kids watch it, that is not a them problem. That is a serious you problem of all the things that are happening and being said on that show. <laughs> okay. Um, and if that's a long way, it's like, if you let them watch South Park, that's a problem. If you let them watch um, Archer, that's a problem. Like there's certain animated shows are specifically for adults. It's adult situated. So I don't blame them in DC. I just think they were wrong for it. And the, the jokes that have been going around from, you know, people in different formats, it's just been hilarious. I think I just watched Bill Maher just recently and he's, you know, he said basically, it, you know, the fact that you're not, it, heroes don't do that. He said, well, if you're in my house and you do that, you are a hero. <laughs> <laughs> enough said i've heard some other really great uh jokes towards this but overall i don't know if this was a planned pr ploy from dc to gain more attention from it but now this has become the new holy grail i think people are will want to see this even more and i think they, i mean just it, it's it's a very interesting thing and i look this isn't one of those things where actually Marvel has done it. Mar if you watch some of the uh, Marvel Netflix series, oh, they get added. Like um, Jessica Jessica Jones. Uh, if you watch the first season of Jessica Jones, oh my God, they get on, they get down. So that's another point for Marvel. Superheroes do go down. Okay. Um, I mean, and, that, and that's live action. That is a whole live action series, and they have some moments like Jessica Jones and Luke Cage breaks the bed. Okay, that's it. <laughs> and it is connected to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I just want to point that out too. No matter what they do from this point, that will always be connected to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So yes, they do go down. <laughs> so another reason why I'm a big Marvel fan. Okay, so it is what it is. But nonetheless, I still believe that the show, the series will be awesome, even if they took that clip out. But I got a feeling somehow some way that clip if it's not erased it is going to be it is somebody's going to compromise it and it's going to get out it's going to get leaked out i bet you money that is going to get leaked out um I, and i won't be surprised either so all right that's it what i said about that moving on also coming to hbo max is titan season three and i am so excited about this you know i swear to goodness I've read that this was going to be the final season. And I hope that's not the case. And maybe I read it wrong, but I really hope that's not the case. But if it is, we're going to go out with a bang here. But the trailer came out and I was not expecting to, for them to go the route that they go. Because, I mean, if you remember, they ended with the Starfire uh, Blackfire storyline. And we think that they were, thought that they were going to go there. And it looks like they may still go there. But nonetheless, it looks like that they're going to go a little bit different. Um, and this is going to be interesting because I remember, uh, I think during the uh, the DC Access panel, they said, you know, three season three is going to be wild. It's going to be deep. It's going to be heartbreaking. It's going to be a lot of crazy things going on. And there's going to be some tearful moments. And after watching this trailer, I know I think I know where this is going. I really think I know where this is going. The trailer starts off with the Titans entering Gotham. Gotham. That should be the one red flag. Two, Robin, Jason Todd, enters an abandoned circus where he finds a policeman tied up with a cryptic smile, followed by a familiar, maniacal laugh. Okay? Now businesses pick up here because you know damn well the Joker is going to be in season three. I did not know if they I didn't think that they were going to go there, but it looks like they are. Uh, we also see clips of someone beating another person with a crowbar we know where that's from that's you know the robin saga i believe definitely family is it um so we're gonna see, looks like we're gonna see that we you know what else we're we gonna see uh we see clips of hawk and dove we also see 
what looks to be, and I thought this was, I thought this was, um, this was Deathstroke at first, but then when I watched the trailer like 15 times, I realized there's two eyes there. And it's kind of more reddish than, you know, it's not a two-tone thing. That is in fact freaking Red Hood. We're getting Red Hood in this season. I am excited about this. The Red Hood, look, one of my favorite DC animated uh, movies ever. One of them, one of many, is Under the Red Hood. Under the Red Hood was just, phenomenally told the story was extremely well told the acting was great the uh animation and character design was phenomenal absolutely loved everything about it and oh my goodness it's you know there was one of the those that was one of the movies that took dc to a whole nother level of storytelling in these animated movies and made them the premiere you know animated uh, studio at this point for America in this sense. Um, we also see Bruce Wayne as well. So I'm, you mean this has to do with the Joker. You got to have Bruce Wayne a part of this. You also got to have Red Hood and you got to have Jason Todd and all this stuff. So we don't know what the hell is going to happen. What is this, where this is going to lead to. Um, but we also see the rest of the Titans, including Blackfire and Starfire as well. So I think that storyline is still going to be in, but one of them is going to be a B story. I don't know which one is going to be, but this is going to be insane. I don't know how many episodes is going to be, but it's going to be absolutely awesome. Uh, man, this season promises to be epic and devastating, and it looks like it's getting to that point. So uh, it's coming August 12th on HBO Max. So get ready. And if you have not watched Titan Jet, because a lot of people did not get a chance to see Titans when it was on DC Universe, because a lot of people were skeptical about buying uh, and investing in the DC Universe um, in the in the, in the streaming app, and I would always say, like that streaming app, to its credit, I'm a Marvel guy, but that streaming app was awesome because it had so much new content and old content of all the DC universe. Plus, you got to read the comics and everything. Now they separated that, and now the comics is DC Infinite, but they migrated all the content and all the content from DC Universe, I believe, is officially on HBO Max now. They added everything, and I mean everything in there. And they, it, it felt like, I remember Jim Lee saying that they were gonna migrate it last year in DC uh, Access, and it looks like it's all fully there. Uh, everything from Justice League Unlimited, uh, the old Superman cartoon, I mean, just everything. Wonder The old uh, Linda Carter, Woman, Wonder Woman's, um, just so much in there. If you put down a DC hub on HBO Max, you'll, you'll be entertained for days. Um, the Green Lantern shows, the movies, all of the 52 series and everything. It's just, ah, uh, it's just so great. So I am very much, very much ready for season uh, three. And if you have not watched Titans, this is the time to do it. You own HBO Max. Go out of your way, watch the first two seasons. It is, they are fantastic. And this is, believe it or not, it, people, it's funny. I may, I, maybe I shouldn't say anything, but because I know people who have, said crap about the Arrowverse to some extent. Only a minority of people have, you know, talked about the Arrowverse. This show is so different from what they do in the Arrowverse because there are there there's some liberties that are able to be taken with this in terms of uh, dialogue, storytelling, writing, and, uh, and narrative and such. Um, but guess what? This is also a Greg Berlanti project as well. So like for those who, you know, really was kind of hating on the Greg Berlanti, like this is Greg Berlanti, but with the kick gloves off okay he goes full blast on it on, on the titan series and the um doom patrol series as well but i hear a lot of people love doom patrol yeah he got his fingers in that too he got his hands in that so, um yeah go out of your way check it out before august 20 i'm gonna re-binge every one of those episodes i'm so looking forward to this um it's just been a great 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 series and the cast is just awesome so uh, I'm going to switch to some video game news and some wrestling video game news at that because I never got a chance to talk about that with with the quote unquote epic E3 event that I covered uh, this week. But this didn't come until later on in the day after I finished recording, but I'll bring it here now. We got our first look at the AEW wrestling game for coming to the game consoles. Kenny Omega introduced a clip with our first look of a very accurate model of Darby Allen. I mean, he looks absolutely phenomenal. And, and minute detail looks just like him. 
Remember, this is being produced by Ukes, who was the former uh, developer for 2K and doing WWE games for years, doing the 2K series and, and just work with WWE since day one uh, for their PlayStation games and their SmackDown series and everything. They've been with them for over, damn near over 20 years, I think. And <laughs> during the state of WWE, and the way that things are going now from a philosophical standpoint and a moral standpoint to some extent um they got bored they got tired they didn't like the direction of where wwe was going and they decided to part ways with wwe the problem with that for wwe is that there is no other company out there that is doing wrestling games as great as ukes and people talk bad about ukes but name another company that is out right now not ever because we know the Aki engine definitely supersedes, you know, Yuke's engine. But Yuke to their Yuke's to their credit has gotten so much better over the years with their engines. And they do have hit or miss years. But either way, it's still way far and away better than a lot of other engines out there that have tried to make a solid wrestling game. Like they they have definitely got it. But they they always lack the one recipe to make them completely perfect that was Aki but now they have Aki they have the guy responsible for Aki for the Aki engine the guy behind it because Kenny Omega and AEW hired him to work with Ukes to develop their new AEW game which is combining the two the best of both worlds together to make possibly one of the best wrestling games of all time and I think that is going to happen. And they showed this uh, video footage and Kenny Omega's narrating over it. And we get not only to see what the model look like, but we get to see actual gameplay footage and development showing off some of Darby's movesets in the AEW arena. Uh, I love the way it looked. I love the lighting and shadow effects of the arena. Um, the moveset looks absolutely awesome. It looks, I, you could tell some of the Aki animations in there. And uh, it's just, I, I'm, I'm so excited. We finally get to see what this game is gonna look like. And people are so excited about this um, because we're gonna, it's possible we're gonna get the absolute best wrestling game possible from a lot of standpoints. But not only that, but the, the, um, the match types that are coming, I'm really excited what they're gonna do with that because I know if Tony Khan is a total fan of this, you got Tony Khan who's a complete wrestling fan. You got Kenny Omega, who's a complete wrestling wrestler, wrestling fan, and gamer. And you combine those two together because Kenny Omega's played No Mercy. Kenny Omega's played Virtual Pro Wrestling 1 and 2 from Japan. He's played all this, but then he also knows what people want and what we want. And with AEW doing all these different match, uh, you know, stipulation matches uh, that's, that we've seen recently, um, I'm talking blood and guts. Um, just recently this week, we got to see a sort of kind of a um, a worked MMA style match. And like I said, because Aki, the Aki engine is in it, they can absolutely add an MMA element to this and do that octagon match that they did um, this week. Because if for those of you who used to buy imports like myself and are wrestling fans and bought and played Virtual Pro Wrestling 2, you will know that they had sort of a MMA mode on there as well. And they actually, they absolutely had some MMA fighters. They had like Boss Root and, and Rampage Jackson and all these other pride fighters and everything. Vondelay Silva was in there as well. And, you know, real actual real MMA fighters, as well as some of the best wrestlers in the world in that game. And they had a, they also had a mixed martial arts simulator, uh, simulation mode in there. So your gameplay is like, it changes up to, you know, just knocking out or submitting an opponent in there. And this was before they had this before mixed martial arts became a household name. You know, this was around like 93 or some cases, uh, or at least the early nineties in that case, um, because the UFC came into America in 93 before Dana White ever even owned the rights to, um, the UFC and the Fertitas owned the rights to the UFC and everything. So they already, they were already in the forefront. They also had Pancras rules in there too, if I'm correct, for those who uh, knew who was mixed martial arts fans. So I would love for them to bring all of those elements into this AEW game, making it truly not only 
what we got from No Mercy, but also from Virtual Pro 2. Uh, virtual, it is Virtual Pro uh, Wrestling 2. Um, it's just, I, I'm so anticipating this. Right now, we got Retro Mania Wrestling, which right now could be said is probably the best wrestling game out right now. But, man, it, it, and we, uh, what is it? Basement? Uh, Basement, uh, I forgot the name of the company that is doing a 3D, another 3D game coming soon. But I tell you, man, this is, uh, this is major. This is absolutely major. I'm looking forward to this. I think this, this game is going to blow everybody away. And please, I, they said it was going to be on a switch. I, the, the, the switch definitely can use a great 3d platformer and Kenny Omega knows this again. He's played that 2k 18 game on there. He's mentioned that 2k uh, 18 game on a switch before he said he wants to do it justice he wants to do the switch justice i hope that's the case i would i absolutely want to see this game even if it comes at a later date to some extent and it possibly can but you know let them do what they need to do yeah i'm not i don't care how long does this take it looks like they're on the on the go they don't want to rush it he said they don't want to do what happened do just make the same mistakes that um cd project red has made he literally has said that and you know they they when they have some things they want to bring it out they're not going to keep doing it week by week um and, and do it they just said when they got more information they'll bring it out he has and people are excited now so looking forward to it man just just so great another thing that i'm looking forward to but i had no idea was coming was the next chapter in mortal Kombat, the animated movie that came out last year didn't know this, but another, another, a sequel is coming and it's coming very soon. Um, uh, reports have said that they're, um, working on another animated movie, to, uh, which is the follow-up to the last WB Mortal Kombat animated movie, Scorpion's Revenge from last year. The hit animated movie that starred Joe McHale and Jennifer Carpenter is set to come sometime this summer. Now, the fact that we, that reports are saying this, but we don't have a date and it's already June tells me that is I predict that it's going to be rather the end of July or early August that this is coming. So, and the fact that it's coming that quick, you know, is amazing because that means that they were constantly working on it from that point on. Um, if you guys remember, I did like the movie. I didn't necessarily like the, the actual character design for it. Like a lot of people, I think a lot of people felt the same way. It was like, it was a great movie in terms of, um, storytelling, uh, the acting and dialogue and everything and, and, and the pacing and, and such, it was all great, but that character design was very much less appealing to the eyes of many. Um, I, I didn't particularly like that, especially when you watch a lot of DC, um, animated movies with such phenomenal character design, like the art director who was responsible for Young Justice and Under the Red Hood, I would love for them to have that guy work on it because I thought that the anime, the uh, the character design of that was just awesome. And then they had the animation style with it too. It would have been so much better, but nonetheless, it's still a great movie. It's just, I, you know, I wouldn't have picked that character design. It's in comparison to a lot of other DC or Warner Brothers uh, animated movies it didn't hold up in that case but you know if you're just looking at it from a story standpoint and a dialogue standpoint a character development standpoint i thought they did pretty good despite it was just like a retelling of mortal Kombat, just in the just through uh scorpion's uh life so i don't know where they're going with this one i don't care but i'm also ready to want to watch it because at least overall it's going to be a lot of fun it's going to be epic it's going to be violent as hell so I, I can't wait. So last bit of news I have here or not last thing I want to talk about, at least not in news, my thoughts on Loki episode two, the episode entitled variant, which has Mobius and Loki on a search to find the other Loki variant that is causing havoc in the time stream. Really enjoyed this episode. Um, I didn't, it's, it's a slow pace for me. Um, nothing really exciting is really happening i feel like it's leading on to something we only have like four more episodes left so I'm, I'm very interested in seeing where this goes but 
there were, you know, there's the commercials that say that this is the best series ever. And I felt like if you could just compare the first two episodes of this compared to the other episode, the first two episodes of Falcon and the Winter Soldier or uh, WandaVision, I felt like those two had a little bit more to offer. Like this one, the, the two, first two episodes here was good, but this is, it'll be interesting to see what this is leading to. It's still good, but I don't think not as good as the first two so far of the other shows. Um, not everyone is comfortable with the idea that Loki is going to be working with the TVA as a, you know, sort of uh, a, 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 a guide to finding out where these other Lokis are at. You know, everybody, a lot of people are skeptical, and rightfully so. Um, they go back to 1985 Wisconsin at a Renaissance fair in order to find the variant Loki, but to no avail, uh, the variant not only kills the TVA soldiers, but they also, uh, but he, they, um, it does so by taking control of one of the agents and having her kill all of them. They do so while playing the old school 80s song, I Need a Hero. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> we also see the return of Miss Minutes, played by Tara Strong, who helps Loki learn the roles of the TVA. Uh, so, you know, a funny thing about that, and I'm very happy, and I'm hoping that her character continues to be on this because I'm loving this idea of this um, this ominous uh, character, is that if you look at IMDb, IMDb constantly, especially when it comes to Marvel um, series, you know, the people who are taking care, you know, everybody, for those who don't know, people who go on, I, who have credits on IMDb, they sometimes go on to their own account and you know they're 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 their own administrators of their own account if you're an actor you have your uh you have your own account and then a lot of times if studios have their own account as well they connect those actors to actors profiles to their deal and it's kind of a social media type of uh structure with that but overall the studios in charge of the id id um mb accounts uh have their uh, you know have the means of releasing what they want so what i love about that is that they don't if you put too much information in imdb somebody like myself or somebody else who's doing their own show or whatever or journalist or whatever can go into imdb and really you could get spoiled easily because of who you see uh the episodes you know who's you know what they're going to be sometimes they don't even put the they put the names of the actors but not where they betray sometimes they don't put the actors at all until the actual date of release so it's an ongoing thing when it comes to marvel they absolutely make sure that nothing gets uh left out so they put tara strong as only doing one episode um of loki on air but in fact she's in two because she was in this week's episode and last week's episode so it just led me to believe that they're going to you know start releasing more information week by week so to not spoil the information to, for other people which is a smart very very smart thing to do and that's why marvel has been so great uh when it comes to keeping secrets and i love it so uh, i love this little interaction between uh miss minutes and, and loki here um I love the fact that she is a holograph. She's in holographic form, uh, who can jump in and out of different monitors at any time. And I hope that we get to see more of what she does in here as well. It, it, it'd be crazy if Miss Minutes have a, a much bigger role in this show. That's why when I first saw her in that poster, I, it, it really just struck to me because it was like it was the weirdest thing to see in that entire poster of all the things that we're going to see in this show. So, and, and again, this is to me, to me, I've seen Tara Strong in a lot of great, you know, animated shows. It's just the fact to me, Marvel's the upper echelon of everything. And, you know, she's along the line now with some major, major, major names in there. So she's in the line of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, I think that's just awesome. She well deserved. She's a extremely talented uh, actor and um, couldn't, you know, think of anybody else, maybe Fred Tattashore, or maybe um, I can't. No, Fred, Fred Tattashore will probably be the other one that I think will probably most likely be on a Marvel format. Um, who else? Uh, I really can't think of anybody else that you know that actually does more voice acting than her other than Fred Tattashore at this point. So, 
After investigating the crime scene in 1985, they all go back to 1985 to check out what happened there. The, uh, it, it, um, they end up having a meeting with uh, Ravana Renslayer, who is, of course, the judge, you know, in the jury of the uh, TVA, who also has doubts about the working relationship with Loki. Like, she's very, very, uh, very, very uh, doubtful and cautious about this. Uh, the two being uh, Mobius and Loki later study archives and files to figure out uh, the variant's next move, which turns out to be everywhere there is an apocalyptic occurrence, which is a blind spot in the timeline. So whenever the variant pretty much finds, you know, does any crimes or anything, the variant ends up going back to a part, a, a blind spot to hide, and they figured it out. Uh, the team later appears in a Walmart-like store called Rocksmart. Okay, if you're a Marvel fan, take note of that. Rocksmart, mostly probably owned by Roxxon Corporation, which we've seen in many different forms of TV shows and movies Marvel Cinematic Universe has been a part of. So there's that situation. I, you know what's funny? Roxxon has been in, here, been in the Cinematic Universe way more than AIM. AIM has only been seen one time, and that was on uh, Iron Man 3. It's the only time we've seen AIM. Meanwhile, Roxxon Corporation has been the has been appeared, appearing in so many different movies and TV shows throughout the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but we have not seen what is really happening with this Roxxon Corporation. Who's behind the Roxxon Corporation? This is this has been going on for probably more than two or three different phases of the Marvel Cinematic Universe just hidden within there. So I am really interested in seeing what's going to happen with that from there. So the team goes in there and as they enter the superstore, Hunter B-15 decides to watch Loki closely, uh, which results in her getting caught up by the variant. Every time the variant touches somebody, um, she uh, he or she, I'm going to I don't want to spoil it. He or she takes uh, control of the person's body and inhabits them, to which it leads to a conversation with Loki. And those two have a conversation and reveal that uh, Loki reveals that, you know, he's looking to overthrow the time variant uh, agency. And, you know, he wanted to see if the variant wanted to be, uh, you know, a part of it. But the variant had more have bigger plans of um, their own and decided to no decline it when we then get to see what the variant looks like and it appears to be a female version of Loki now I thought of the first thing I thought was that too because she had the headpiece with the horns and everything and she, you know just every bit now as we say that there were some fans who looked another direction and predicted that a female Loki could be it based on the comics or others believe that it could be the appearance of Enchantress, which we still have yet to see yet. And I believe Enchantress is supposed to be a character that we see on uh, Thor Love and Thunder. We'll see. This is going to be interesting. Um, I'm thinking it, it, it's if this is any connection to Thor uh you know love and thunder then yes it probably is enchantress but it i don't know i don't know where we're going with this but i i like where they're going i like what was happening here so the um the female loki decides to leave the timeline but before doing so you know setting up a big trap for the tva she left bombs set everywhere to detonate and corrupt the sacred timeline which, you know, causes it's causing way more havoc than everything. I don't know what this is going to do for the um, for the multiverse of the situation, but now they're in a bigger jam. Uh, the variant leaves through the portal and, uh, you know, kind of almost kind of just hints Loki to follow her. Um, Loki follows her, leaving Mobius and the TVA behind. And that's how this series, this show ends. So this left a lot to, you know, I really enjoyed this episode. Um, it's definitely intriguing me as to what's going to happen within the next four episodes here and what is this leading into how how messed up is the timeline going to be how much of the multiverse is going to change is what is this going to do you know is this i feel like 
a lot of this is being set up to explain what the hell's gonna happen to Peter Parker <laughs> in all this. I think this is gonna absolutely save everybody from understanding why Peter Parker is gonna go to Sony at this point, as well as other allowing other people to enter in, like say maybe Miles Morales, maybe to some extent, and they could work with that. I don't know. We will see. I mean, there's so much that can happen here now. Um, in terms of what we can see here, I I, I can't even stress to you the possibilities of what this can mean for the for the MCU. So either way, I enjoyed this episode and I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen next. So ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to take a break. Come back and man, do we got an anime for you, for all you fighting anime fans. So we're going to talk uh, record of Ragnarok from uh, Netflix and do so right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. Live.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live. Hey, this is Brian Donovan, and you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Leave Hurricane! Do it. And now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Point! Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and it is my review of Record of Ragnarok. Uh, this is Netflix's latest anime that they have uh, brought out, and this is based on a manga of the same name, but this is probably one of the most out-of-pocket, over-the-top animes i've seen based around like combat sport and fighting and tournament fighting i've really watched this entire first season like it was an mma event like it was just crazy i didn't read the manga and i didn't want to go ahead of myself i just wanted to watch it for what it was um this was crazy but I, what i loved about it it was very simple to understand the story of it was very simple to understand the premise and i don't know how much of it was added on or taken out from the manga or whatever like that but i mean it, it was very simple you're they're setting the settings is at valhalla and basically they had all of the gods have a council every thousand years to see if mankind is worthy of staying alive and and maintaining and as of recent due to circumstances of you know all of the seven sins i take it um you know, they deemed us not worthy and they were going to get rid of mankind, period, until Broomhilda decided to say, no, the humans deserve to live. They deserve a chance. They deserve a chance to prove themselves. So she went by the Valhalla Constitution, article number 62, paragraph 15, which states is the superficial clause. And it is a tournament. It states that they can defend themselves via a tournament, a one-on-one -on -one tournament showdown between the gods and mankind. Plain as simple as that. So she, who is a demigod, is backing up the humans to say that they are deemed worthy. So now what they're doing is that they're having some form of a round robin tournament, I guess, or not even, a, is it a round robin tournament? No, it's probably just a, an elimination tournament. And basically what happens here is that the first seven matches wins again you know going up against it's the gods versus the humans and whoever has the first seven matches out of the bunch wins i believe there are nine each in you know from each side and you have the gods going up against some of mankind's most notorious warriors or heroes or not and some some villains as well uh, Broomhilda picks, you know, her choice of who she wants to face and Zeus, who's heading everything, wants to pick his as well. And the first season doesn't go from all of them because they, you know, like Dragon Ball Z or any anime that, uh, that is a fighting anime, they drag out the fight. 
for for drama purposes so there's a there's like one fight that'll last like three episodes at one point and take note that the first season is only 12 episodes which told you that they're definitely going to have a second season in here and not only are they going to have a second season definitely that they're going to have a second season this series immediately made it onto the top 10 of netflix the netflix top 10 I believe it was number two at that so people were excited and people were actually watching this um there was so much awesome to this and there was some things i wish they would have done better at, at some point too um but the character design of the the character uh, it just fantastic beautifully well detailed in here um i love i the only thing i wish that the fighting animation was much better but that could be down the line that when things get more intense the episodes get you know more and more intense that they they have better fight scenes in here but nonetheless i you know i'm watching it on my screen right now it is awesome and i didn't expect some of the fighters to be that they chose to go against the gods and everything's changed because this is ragnarok so you know that this is based on the Asgardians, you know, Midgard, you know, people, Thor, uh, Odin, Loki, all of them are in here, not from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is, you know, it Thor and, 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 and the Midgard, you know, mythology, it's not a Marvel thing, but Marvel has taken it under their own and really adopted it for their own. So everybody, when, when you say Thor or Loki, people are more familiar with Marvel's version of it. But in fact, they're there are so many other tellings of Thor outside of Marvel. Marvel does not own the intellectual property of Thor. It's just their version of it that they did from a long time ago. And they merged that mythology into the Marvel comic book and cinematic universe. Um, so you have that. So they have their own Loki. They have their own Thor and Thor. Like they are, you know, it's what you would expect from an anime version of Thor and Loki. Okay. Um, it's just fantastic here but they're going up against actual real real life historical figures in the world for instance i i really got excited i really lit up when i saw this the first match which was uh thor versus lobo lobo or lobo and if you guys know that name you play dynasty warrior you know damn well who lobo is he is one of the most fiercest warriors in Chinese history. And I, when I, the funny thing is when he first, the, first of all, the ring announcer is awesome. The ring announcer, I, I don't know his name, but he knows how to hype the Coliseum up. <laughs> he reminds me, he was like, he's anime's version of Bruce Buffer from the UFC. Like he really knows how to hype the crowd up and they do it in such a cool way. I feel like they took some, you know, liberties from and some references from you know combat sports from actual combat sports like ufc and, and wwe or whatever like that because you get that type of hype and whatnot there but when he introduced lubo and i saw the two you know head ornaments the two like string I, I i don't know what they are feathers or tails that you know lubo is no is known for wearing i automatically knew that was him and i was like wait are they really doing and in fact it was so not only is he there Lu Bei is there you got a lot you know if you place dynasty warrior for as much as i have over the years you know these characters these are historic like real world historical characters throughout uh chinese history and all a lot of the characters a lot of the fig you know the historical figures that you would see in that game was attending and supporting Lu uh Lu Bo in his fight against thor so you got Lubo, who's like the fiercest warrior in, the, in of that time, going up against a, you know, a demigod of like Thor. And it led for an accurate type of situation, a very, it led to a very epic type of situation between two titans, if you will, that lasted for about like maybe three episodes. Now, funny thing is, I'm looking at this, uh, I'm also looking at this wiki page. I'm looking at it on TV, but I'm also looking at this wiki page. Shout out to fandom. Dot com. Uh, if you go to record of uh, Ragnarok fandom.com dot fandom.com, um, they show the match time length of the, the time lengths of the matches and who was victor. And I, when I saw this, I immediately stopped 
and turn and, and shut this off and close this out because I noticed that they were going to be giving away spoilers to certain matches that I haven't seen yet. But now that I watched them, I can look back at this and they have it as the match length for this uh, fight was 16 minutes and 28 seconds. And it ended up with Thor. Can I talk about Thor's hammer real quick? Uh, Mjolnir. Okay. We're all used to Thor's hammer being Mjolnir from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is like, it's big as it's, it's big on its own. But in the world of anime, their version of Thor has this Rob Liefeld size hammer. And if you're a comic book fan, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say Rob Liefeld, because it is enormous. It is, it is like it's owned by Cable himself. And it is Jai freaking enormous. And he lifts us up with one hand because it's anime and everybody's so strong that they can lift up the huge buildings with one hand <laughs> in this case. But also Mjolnir in, in this version apparently is also a living organism within the metal. So you have that as well. And then he has these gloves, these gauntlets that he wear to be able to control the hammer and his and his thunder uh, abilities. It's just so crazy. It is so insanely crazy. So you got to see that match. We also do see later on in the series, any episodes, um, Zeus, who decides to, you know, want to go about it, which I'm surprised. I, I would have thought that Zeus being the guy who put this all together would, you know, normally he would be the guy that you would see at the end. No, he's the second round. And he goes up against, of all people, Adam, <laughs> like the first ever human Adam, Adam, who apparently has superhuman abilities. <laughs> okay. But what I loved about this is that there's a backstory to Adam and what they do is they kind of change around the, the folklore of Adam or the biblical lore of Adam, I should say. Um, yes, he was the first and Eve was the second and also they twisted around. You remember the snake that you weren't supposed to trust? Well, the snake is kind of like a humanoid version of the snake. He has legs, he has arms, he has a human body. He, he wears a suit and tie and he conned Eve or he lied to Eve or he made, he lied about Eve eating the apple. But that the reason being is because he wanted to have his way with Eve. He literally tried to rape Eve and Eve wasn't having it. And so it, I mean, he, I mean, how about this? I mean, he, he was a snake to the, uh, to the end. And he went off and accused Eve of eating the apple, the, um, you know, the, one of the apples, you know, you know the story, but they took it to court. There was, there was a court full of gods and they <laughs> took it to court where, you know, she was on trial. This is where everything gets crazy, but it makes sense because this is another telling, but you're basically doing the same telling of the story, but from a different and a different way. I thought this was hilarious and awesome at the same time. And lo and behold, she's getting, you know, she's getting vilified for something that she didn't do because she didn't want to give in to snake and she didn't want to give snake any. Okay. She didn't want to go down on snake, you know, and Adam comes in with all baskets of apples that he picked from the orchard that he wasn't supposed to pick. And he decides it's like, look, if y'all going to do this to her, you're going to have to do this to me. And he has a hatred for the gods since then. And that's why he's taking on Zeus. So you had this backstory and then also you figure out, you learn uh, that he has these superpowers and in the, in the, in the audience is their sons, Cain and Abel as well. So it, I don't even know where that's going to go because you, if you know the Bible, you know the story of Cain and Abel as well. <laughs> it's just, it is just so out of pocket. It's amazing. Oh man. But apparently that match lasted only seven minutes and 13 uh, seconds with Zeus winning. And we thought that at one point it came off like Adam was going to win, but somehow Zeus kind of came back and resurfaced. Zeus is a withered old man, mostly old man, but he can do the uh, master uh, Roshi type of thing where he's like a withered old man, but he can, you know, pump up his whole body 
or Tung Fu Ru if anybody is, is Fatal Fury fans and can just expand his whole body to be like a Bane from Batman like steroided looking dude in this case uh, at any point and you know he, he beat Adam <laughs> so it's now two gods human zero they have no wins at all um, Lubu is dead after the fight with Thor um, Adam is defeated next you have uh in the last match that we get to see so like it's 12 it's tw it's like uh three matches 12 episodes about four episodes each focusing on the actual matchups here so that's what you have in the middle of this every time there's a fight Broomhilda always sends one of the uh i think they're what are they demigods or the uh yeah, they're demigods and to help the help uh, power and guide the actual, you know, humans to for better. Unfortunately, it doesn't work out that way. And they end up killing, you know, when they lose also the demigods that help along the way get killed as well. They kind of sacrifice themselves and Broomhilda, you know, she's not happy <laughs> at the results so far. So she's trying her best to, you know, make this happen, but is losing a lot of demigods in and in along the way as well to help the humans so round three is kojiro sasaki versus poseidon and this is a very interesting match too that lasted 13 minutes and seven seconds um kojiro is a character in history that has always been known to never win a match ever but technically he does because i i, I remember hearing this um this story before he does so by learning how to fight the person so much that he already knows how to win. So in doing so, he never really, he ends up, he loses a lot, but also when he loses, he learns to win. He does by studying. And this is always a great lesson to people. He, he's a great example on a lesson to people who always worry about losing all the time and all this stuff. He loses so he can learn how to win. And when he does, he masters how every move that they're going to make next time, because he's already been through it hundreds of thousands of times. So by the time he fights them again, he winds up actually knowing how to beat them. And when they feel that they're, you know, that they're being telegraphed, the whole match never, the match is never finished because they, they don't want to fight him at this point. So there's never a match in a sense. But um, in this case, he faces Poseidon and he has no choice in this case because if he loses then it means that the gods get ahead even more the results of this the deciding move was a swallow tiger combo followed by a thousand blades he ends up beating poseidon um, making the humans get their first win of this whole entire thing and that's how this actual series the first season ends they do give you a hint of what's to come in the second season because you got hercules that will be fighting against of all people in history which by then you see the end of the season and there's a you see london rising all of a sudden outside of the coliseum so now there's going to be a new arena added into this because the humans and broomhelda uh you know talk a negotiation for a stipulation that this all be done in a london setting because the person that hercules is going to be facing is none other than jack the ripper so that's going to happen. And this is going to be a wild fight coming next time in the next season of uh, Record of Ragnarok. But so far, this was this has been an amazing um, tournament based anime. You know, I loved it. It was awesome. They have all this show. This manga has all the makings of a fighting game. This has to make a fighting game in some form or fashion. Uh, now, when I compare this to the likes of maybe Yu Yu Hakusho, you know, Dark Tournament Saga, Baki, uh, the whole the whole entire series of Baki, uh, there's another one on Netflix that does the same thing. Uh, I think they're better tournament-based anime out there. But man, put this in the run. I think in terms of animation style and, 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 you know, when it comes to the fighting, they're much better anime out there. Uh, I think Baki's better when they do fight scenes with that i think the there's i forgot the other 
name of the other one because I reviewed that one before. Uh, but it's on Netflix as well, and it really does look exactly like Baki in a sense, but they use 3D animation to uh, to differentiate itself from that. Um, you know, Dragon Ball also had some really good tournaments, like the tournament, uh, the tournament of power alone with him with Goku versus Jiren. That still, to me, is like one of the most epic fights of any tournament-based anime I've ever seen. Um, they went all out, like, and that that was so big that they turned, you know, Bandai Namco and, and Funimation turned it into a huge event that people were anticipating as if you were like watching Jason Paul, Jason Paul fight um, Floyd Mayweather. It was almost kind of that big from an anime fan standpoint that people were doing and uh it crashed the internet i remember that when it happened uh so it, you know it's that right there but overall i like so far the first season for me i give this a b plus i think the animation could have been better um i would have loved to see more but i see they're dragging this out as much as possible but so far so good man this is just awesome if you want some because anime can be very complex at times and it it takes a lot to really think about what's going on for some of these shows this is not this is totally like just take your mind away this is easy to understand it's you know gods versus humans you know for the, for the sake of humanity and you got norse god mythology you got greek mythology you got chinese dynasty history you got london history like just all sorts and we still I, again, I'm not looking at everything in the wiki or the manga to find out. I want to be totally surprised as to who Broomhilda gets to, you know, face the gods in here. So what I do love is that the gods are starting to realize that like these humans aren't as easy to beat as you could think they possibly are. And uh, it's turning, it's turning heads, man. It's turning heads. So if you haven't checked it out, go check out Record of Ragnarok, which is on Netflix right now, the entire first season. I am looking forward to the second season. I think they will renew this season because it is appearing on the top 10 of that list. And when it appears on the top 10 US list, that's a means for it to come back. So um, yes, I am very much looking forward to that. Go out of your way, check it out and much more. Folks, that will do it for this edition of Talk Time Live. Thank you, everybody. And I really mean this because we we obviously have some new listeners, uh, some of which are from the metaverse, uh, from Repop's uh, metaverse. And thank you, guys. I'm really glad that you're appreciating and liking this. It looks like we may be seeing some records of, you know, subscribers and downloaders as a result. Um, really honored, really pleased and humbled by this. I've been working on the show for quite a long time and to see it is getting this feedback and this support. It's just been awesome. So, um, if you want to keep seeing more, like not just this show, not listening to this show, but also watching the show in video form or whatnot, you can go to talktimelive.com. We have all of our episodes in our, of our podcast, including this one right here. You can always find a new episodes there. You can also see, uh, our talk time live exclusive video interviews with some of our favorites in um, all of our anime comics movies and games including the recent one with amanda c miller the cast of naruto we got kevin conroy brian donovan uh brian donovan the voice of rock lee is on air my by the way my absolute absolute most viewed interview to date i don't know how i don't know why there's over nine thousand views on that um video uh, and it, I love it. Thank you to everybody who's watched. And I, I, it's the only one that I have that's almost reaching a thousand for Talk Time Live. I mean, t like ten thousand for Talk Time Live. I can't thank you guys enough for that. Um, video game fans, we also have uh, Greg Casavan, the creator, the creative director of uh, Hades. We talked to him. We got my man Megaran, who does the music, the intro music for the show, and it's Megaran. He. he what doesn't he do? Um, we got uh, Jeffrey Chamba Cruz. We got Ariel Johnson from Amalgam Comics and Coffee House. Shout out to her. Uh, Mike Herman, who did Retro Soft, um, Retro Mania Wrestling. I'm sorry. Uh, DJ Cutman, who uh, whose music you hear all the time on this show on here. And my man, uh, Adam Shube as well. More to come. Much more to come. Trust me on that. Um, you can also go to our media page and where I have all four of my recent metaverse 
Q&A panels that I did with the cast of Bleach, the uh, cast of Sailor Moon, and the cast of that time I got reincarnated as a slime. All that, plus some clips from the My Hero Academia cast that I did, and the original OG Pokemon cast as well. Uh, you can check out all that. I also got blogs up there, two blog entries right now, one for ble uh, based on a Bleach uh, video game series, uh, one on the Sailor Moon video game series, and more to come there as well. So stay tuned for all and more, but you could definitely go to TalkTimeLive.com for that and much, much more. I say meh. <laughs> but if you want to also listen to the show, rather you're at work, on the go or whatnot, you know, on the road, and you want something to check out, Definitely check out our show on your favorite podcast platforms. You can go to Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pandora, Pocket Cast, and of course, Tumblr. All of my Tumblr people, my Talk Time Live Tumblr uh, crew out there. Uh, so you can check it out all on there as well. Next week, believe we have the latest movie. In the Fast and Furious series coming, Fast 9 is coming. We're going to check it out. It's going to be awesome. Um, I'm looking forward to it. We're going to be reviewing that on Sunday. So no doubt we're going to see what's going to happen in the Fast Saga and see how the hell they end up in space. So we got that going on. We also got some new games coming for Select Start this week. Um, a lot of new games. Samurai Warriors is coming out this week. I probably won't review that till the week after. We got uh, Scarlet Nexus coming out as well. And... Um, I'll be talking about my venture through the expansion pack to uh, Hyrule Warriors and more. So stay tuned for all that and much, much more. So again, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Happy belated Juneteenth to everybody out there. You know, happy true Independence Day, I should say. And uh, we're going to keep it going. Always keep it together. Always keep it peace and prosperity. Always. Ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dak Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Have a great week. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.